0: You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. Our scripture reader this morning is one of our congregational care ministers, Eileen Foley. She and others have been trained in how to care for members of this congregation, and uh, during the pandemic, she and others have been making phone calls to check in on some of you, to care for many of you, and so we thank Eileen and the other congregational care ministers for their continued work. Our scripture this morning is a story of healing, if you're interested in a little bit more of the background information, Pastor Rick has another excellent video that's posted on our website with context and history about this cha- this chapter of the Gospel of John. For now, what is helpful to know is that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, and he passed a group of people who were in need of healing. And he was struck in particular by the plight of the man that we're about to hear about this morning, This is his story. As we prepare to receive these words from scripture, I'd invite you to pray with me. God, help us hear this passage with fresh ears. Grant us wisdom as we encounter this scripture anew. Grant me wisdom as I preach this message and offer all of us the hope of healing. Amen. Now let's listen to Eileen as she reads from the Gospel of John, chapter 5. A reading from the book of John, chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. After this, there was a Jewish festival, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, in the north city wall, is a pool, with the Aramaic name Bethsaida. It had five covered porches and a crowd of people who were sick, blind, lame, and paralyzed sat there. A certain man was there who had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, knowing that he had already been there a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? The sick man answered him, sir, I don't have anyone who can put me in the water when it is stirred up. When I'm trying to get to it, someone else has gotten in ahead of me. Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. Immediately the man was well, and he picked up his mat and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Three years ago, my husband Joel and I were on vacation in New York City. I know this because Facebook gave me one of those notifications about a photo that we had uploaded during that time saying, This was three years ago! When I saw the photo, I said to Joel... Wow, do you remember that trip? It feels like it was so long ago. And he said, Yeah, I remember that trip. Do you remember what we were thinking about the whole time that we were in New York? Well, we both remembered. We were worried about our dog's eye. Now, I have to explain a little bit here. We have a French bulldog named Bubbles. She's a rescue. We got her about seven years ago. And she is sweet and cuddly and patient and so stubborn. Like all bulldogs, she has a flat little face. Her eyes are just about level with her nose. So if she goes in to smell something, her nose and her eyes are just right there with whatever she's smelling. So she has a propensity to scratch her eyes. Now, Three years ago was one of the first times that we had encountered this with bubbles. And the first symptom was she started squinting. And when we saw it at first, we thought, well, that's kind of weird. Maybe she's got something in her eye. Maybe she's got allergies. I mean, we'll wait and see. Maybe tomorrow it'll be better. Well, we woke up the next morning and it was not better. And we took her to the vet to get her checked out. And the vet said, you know what? She has scratched her eye. And she's actually made it worse by irritating it with her paw because it hurts. It doesn't feel good. And of course, we felt like horrible dog owners for not getting her into the vet as soon as possible, but we just didn't know. But we also felt awful because then Bubbles had to wear a cone. The cone, in and of itself, was quite the ordeal. Bubbles would not walk in the cone. Bubbles would not sit down unless encouraged in the cone. She would just stand there, plant her feet, and look at us mournfully as if we had punished her in the worst way possible in the entire world. But she had to keep the cone on so that she could heal. Because the second we took the cone off, she would start to scrape at her eye, and that re-injured her all over again. The healing of this eye took forever ever it would start to heal we'd go into the vet to get it checked up and they'd say you know what it hasn't healed in the right way this is unhealthy the way that this eye is healing they did a thing called debriding which oh my gosh I could go into a lot more detail about what it took to get this eye healed for our dog but I will not suffice it to say it took a long time time for Bubbles' eye to heal. And every time we'd go in, we'd think, this is the moment we're done with the cone, and we'd get the news that she has to wear this thing for another week, another two weeks. Suffice it to say, our trip to New York City was not as carefree as we had thought that it might be, because we had left Bubbles with a wonderful church member in the cone, Bubbles was miserable in the cone, which meant that we were all miserable. And so, looking at this photo on Facebook, this memory of this time, it's nice, but it's also troubling. The only good thing that came out of the whole situation is that now we're a lot smarter about eye injuries. If Bubbles so much as winks at us... She's getting the cone as a preventative measure. We do not mess around with potential eye injuries anymore because we've seen how long it takes these things to heal, how dangerous and awful they are for our poor dog. Healing can take so much longer than we anticipate. It was true of Bubble's eye and it's true in scripture as well. Let's consider the scripture that Eileen read to us this morning about a man who was sick for 38 years. 38 years. He was waiting at this pool to be made well. Can you imagine what it was like to be at such a pool? Hundreds of people desperate for hope, desperate for healing. If I'm being honest, it's a strange scripture to read during the COVID-19 pandemic. Because on the one hand, after two months of strict physical distancing and stay-at-home orders, I'm reading about hundreds of sick people gathered in the same place all close together by this pool, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, the level of viruses and bacteria that are going to be shared here, this is astronomical. The sickness is just going to explode. On the other hand... These people are not necessarily contagious, and they're gathered at this pool because they're desperate. They don't know what else to do. They don't feel like they have any other options. They're grasping at straws here because they just want to find a solution to their problem. They're just looking for healing anywhere that they can find it. Many of us have felt some level of desperation during the past two months. Maybe it's desperation because we or someone that we love has faced illness, or the loss of a job, or death. Maybe we're feeling desperate simply because we're cooped up in our houses and we don't know what to do with ourselves anymore. Many of us have known some level of desperation or at least discouragement recently We know what it is to feel uncertain about how to move forward, where to find answers. As a culture, we're taking all of our uncertainty and our desperation during this pandemic, and we're looking for someone to blame. And depending on who you are and how you see things, that probably focuses where your blame is pointed but we're desperate for answers and some kind of magical quick fix that will return everything to the way that it was. This is why viral videos are shared. This is why people are attracted to the idea of protesting. This is why we're quick to believe in miracle cures. We want so desperately for them to be true. Just like generations before us, we're gathering at a pool, hoping for healing, desperate for a solution. Many of us feel like we're at our wit's end. And so we're looking for any way that we can to make things right again. But in this passage of scripture and for us, healing doesn't come quickly. It often also doesn't come in a way that it is expected. This man is at the pool supposedly because he wants healing. He feels that desire to be made well. But the Greek word that's used in this passage implies that he had ceased going down to the pool before Jesus encounters him. He's defeated. He's not even going to try to seek the healing that he's so close to. He's given up. As I read the passage, I wonder, how did Jesus know that this man had been here for such a long time? Perhaps Jesus could see this man's desperation. Perhaps Jesus could see that magical thinking in him and in all of us. If I just do this one thing, it'll all be better. More often than not, what we're looking for is a quick fix. One easy action or choice that will make everything perfect. It takes strength to recognize that solutions to complex problems very rarely are simple, or easy, or quick. Even faith itself, which in some ways is simple, is multifaceted. It's not something that can be lived out or conveyed in a single single phrase or moment. It's a temptation for us as followers of Jesus to believe that all of Jesus' teachings can be wrapped up easily with a bow on top and handed to somebody. And this has always been the case. A man came to Jesus in scripture, after all, asking asking him to sum up the entire law and the prophets in just one law. And Jesus answered him with a three in one, pointing to how complex things really are. Even Jesus could not give a one for one easy answer. In reality, almost everything about our faith and our scriptural tradition is rich with layers of meaning and history and culture, and then our understanding of it is contextual. The understanding of people around us as we talk about Jesus or our faith, they're interpreting it, they're hearing it through layers of personal experience and tradition and cultural messages. Simple phrases to us like, "'Jesus is my Lord and Savior,' They can seem to take on this magical thinking kind of simple fix quality to them if we're not careful. But statements like that are so much more complex than we would really like to believe. In fact, if you're intent on getting ordained in the United Methodist Church, you have to write a whole essay on what that phrase means to you. Our faith isn't as simple as it may appear on the surface. Well, it is and it isn't. It's tempting to believe that there is some kind of quick fix, faith, which is why we see signs and bumper stickers with things like John 3.16 on them. Pastor Rick talked about that a couple weeks ago. The hope, I think, is that people want others to know more about Jesus, but there are so many layers at work in any one person encountering the story of Jesus and encountering faith. One verse on a sign is an attempt at a magical thinking kind of quick fix. So then we return to the sheep gate in our scripture for this morning. Jesus met a man who wanted a quick fix. And it sounds a little bit ridiculous to say it that way because he's been sick for 38 years. This is no quick fix for this man. He may have first come to the pool because he thought healing was possible looking for that simple answer, if I can just get into the water. But after 38 years, he'd given up hope. He'd stopped going down to the pool because of his despair, his resignment, his certainty that not only was there no quick fix, but perhaps there was no healing at all to be found. I think that happens to many of us. When the quick fix doesn't work, we despair that any fix is possible. Time can play a number on us like that. I mean, think about our current world. After a couple of months of the stay-at-home order, we're coming to understand that there is no quick fix for coronavirus. Well, do you remember in the beginning when the news was talking as if, well, if we just stay home for this week, for this two weeks... The implication was, everything was going to go back to normal. Well, if we had been told back in the beginning of March what we know to be true now, we might not have been able to make it as a nation. We know now that there is no immediate solution for coronavirus. A vaccine that's widely available to everyone is probably a year and a half, two years away. And so some of us are starting to give up. We're starting to say, well, you know what? We just need to get back to life then because there's no way we can stay at home that long. Well, that's true. But also the truth is so much more complex because there is no one easy, quick answer here. Soon it will be time to start resuming life out in the world. But we want to do that in a planned and intentional way so that we protect the most vulnerable among us. Everyone rushing out all at once and uh, starting activity as if the virus had never happened. There is no simple fix here. There is no easy, quick way to move forward. And as a church, we're aware of that. We're looking at some of the best ways to safely reopen ministry when the time is appropriate. Our leadership team is wrestling with those realities, trying to figure out the safest way for us as a congregation to reopen ministry. Part of the complexity here is that we feel a strong desire to go back to exactly the way life was before this pandemic But that won't happen. Not exactly. Church and life are going to look different for a while. And that's okay. Part of the process of healing is that things begin to change. Things are not left the way that they were when we were sick, when we were broken. The man Jesus healed had gotten used to lying at the sheep gate. He had become resigned to his reality, and Jesus tells him, Stand! Pick up your mat. Walk. It's a command not only of healing, but of transformation. He doesn't get left in the same place that Jesus finds him. It's a command of possibility, of movement, of change. There are very rarely easy fixes in health, in life, in relationships, in the midst of a pandemic. But in the midst of all these complexities we have the assurance that God walks with us. That one is simple. That one is straightforward. God is with us. All it took was Jesus speaking to this man in scripture and he was healed. That seems simple. But what of the 38 years of waiting? Healing usually is not quick. It happened in a moment for this man, but he had waited almost four decades for that moment. That's how it is with us, too. We are searching for answers. We are searching for healing. And often, we don't find what we're looking for right away. If we had been told at the beginning of the journey... How long it would take us, we may not have made it to where we are today. And you understand I'm talking about so much more than the coronavirus pandemic right now. We're stronger than we think. You are stronger than you think. Even with coronavirus, even personal things that are going on in your health life, With coronavirus, the vaccine is the quick fix that we're looking for. Once it's ready, it will be simple. But the process of waiting, that's not quick. It's not simple. But we're doing it. Together, we are waiting. We're working. We're staying at home to help protect those among us who are vulnerable and at risk of this virus. If we imagine ourselves in the story from scripture, John chapter five, we might be tempted to despair and say, healing is never going to happen for us, for me, Jesus is never going to come. But the truth is Jesus arrives when we least expect it. Healing can happen while we're waiting and we may wait a really long time but healing does find each one of us. So do not despair today. Do not give up hope. Jesus is on the way. Jesus is coming. Healing is not simple. And healing is not quick. But God is with us. And by God's grace, healing is possible. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.